Hey, this is The Last Coffee House. Today we are talking about the best of literature, the 100 best works of literature, and today is On the Road by Jack Kerouac. This is a book I literally read every time I go on vacation or I have to take a long drive somewhere or I'm driving around. The location to which I am vacationing. Actually, that's not true. The last drive I took, I actually did not <laughs> listen to this book. So all of them except for that one. But it's one of those books that the tone and tenor and atmosphere of it kind of sticks with you. Whenever you think about it, it also happens to hold probably my favorite quote from literature of all time, which is kind of curious to me having reread it. Like I said, mostly I listen to it and it sounds as it's being read out loud it sounds pretty lyrical but when you read it on the page it definitely it's a little more tethered tethered to the planet this isn't like lofty flights of prose mastery in the sense that you generally think about what are the novel ways the really interesting ways that people can say things what are ways to, that things have never been said before what what's all the you know the kind of language that you look for a lot in a in literature this more has its its own personality that you don't see anywhere else in the canon as far as i know it was published 1957 it's emblematic of the beat generation writers i took a little description from one of the reviews that i read quote the novel published in 1957 is a Romana Clef, with many key figures of the beat movement, such as William S. Burroughs, Old Bully, Allen Ginsberg, Carla Marx, Neil Cassidy, Dean Moriarty, represented by characters in the book, including Kerouac himself as the narrator, Sal Paradise, end quote. I love that name, <laughs> Sal Paradise. It's such a good name. The content. Uh, it's It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go through the actual story. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much of a real structured plot, and that's kind of the point of this beat writer. It's discursively meandering. It's a travel story set in the 40s. So you do get a lot of the way the country was, which is kind of fun to read about and think about. It chronicles the travails of Sal Paradise, a sometime writer who is a stand-in for Kerouac, and he joins his friends all across America. It's certainly different from, I mean, when I think of road trip kinds of books, the ones that the one that comes to me is Lolita. I always think about Vladimir Nabokov and Vera Nabokov, just her driving, him sketching and, and writing about the countryside, and the descriptions that he uses him in, in the book in Lolita, as Humbert Humbert and Lolita are traveling from place to place, and all the entrenched meaning and all the language. This is a different kind of a road trip story, a different kind of a road trip novel. It's so condensed. There are so many things. I mean, you, he could be uh, one part of the country, then the next, and the other one that just back and forth and now I'm here and there and it's just it'll be condensed into a paragraph of just I went there and then I went there and then I was there da, 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 da. and it's got the you know inspirationally exuberant and cautionary Dean Moriarty as a character who's very memorable it's just the it's the driving it's the back and forth it's police run-ins and romances and falling in and out with people hotels and manual labor one of the moments that definitely stands out to me and has consistently stood out to me and I always recognize it when it comes up up is when he's he meets the one girl I, I don't think it's laura is it laura no i think that's a later one uh he meets one girl who has a kid and they decide they're going to be together but he doesn't have a job and they try to settle in at this place and stay at a hotel for a little bit and he tries to find work and he ends up working at a in the cotton fields and he thinks okay well if i just i pull this because he gets like paid by the cotton so he's like if i pull this much cotton i'm gonna make this much money and we're gonna be perfectly fine but when he actually does the work it's so backbreaking and ridiculously 
difficult to do it uh, that he's just blown away and he ends up having the whole like family coming in trying to help him to just get enough to be able to have food for the day those are images that really stand out to me and one event that really stands out to me there was a movie made of it on the road with Kristen Stewart and a couple other random people I didn't I started it at some point I didn't finish it I just watched bits of it but there's the whole thing with Dean and all the various there's Inez and there's Camille and Mary Lou and Mary Lou's kind of the the standout I love that none of these girls and this is probably way before this trope developed but it's not a manic pixie dream girl this is something that came up in the 90s or early 2000s where you just had girls who were really quirky and and <laughs> you know really the the whole point of the girl is to bring out the the inner self of the guy but these girls they definitely have a, a realism to him even though there's not much description of them that's one thing that he's kind of really able to do Kerouac is that he really makes characters out of the people you run into without really you know zooming in and making sure you understand oh these are the, this is the personality of this character you really get an idea you really kind of understand who Mary Lou was and I mean I guess Inez and Camille to lesser but even them you you really get an idea of who they were and the kinds of hang-ups and the positives and negatives about them without having to go into lengthy paragraphs about how who they are and all this other stuff so that's really kind of a, a masterful stroke on his part as an author and one of the things I don't know I was really lamenting earlier today I was really thinking about it and how when I've talked to people recently and it seems like people nowadays they don't care so much about all the mechanics and the skill and the ability and the novelty of literature and what it has been for the past hundred years or you know a couple hundred years or, or even just the history of of writing I mean even just the writing when it comes to the Old Testament the New Testament Mark was a mashful storyteller and books that came after it and all of the artistry that went into it and all the effort and, and creativity and the working off of what came before and using what came before to create something new all of that seems to be falling away I don't know if it's important to people anymore like this is the kind of book that you read it doesn't matter who the person is what their personality really was like what their gender race nationality is that's not what it's about it's about the mechanics of how is a story being told how is it unique what are the methods that this writer is getting across what these characters are like how how deep is it how what's the feeling that it gives you in reading it what's the feeling it's trying to get across and then bigger questions about what are the thematics what's it what's its interest in society what's its interest in america in general what america means and all of those things i think are the things that really broaden our understanding of what it means to be a human what it means to be a species in the midst of a <laughs> very dangerous inhospitable morass of our suburb in the universe it's it's something that really broadens your understanding and makes people more creative when it comes to just basic things like dealing with family or dealing with your personal problems or trying to figure out what you want to do with your life all those things it it's going to inform that and i think it's really being lost i think there's a generation that's that's missing it and i haven't done any you know cross sectional studies i'm not a sociologist i'm not a psychologist so i can't definitively say that this is where we are nowadays but it's one thing that really concerns me that people are cutting away so many things they didn't understand were important you know somebody can look at Jack Kerouac and just say oh it's just an old white guy who didn't have anything important to say because he wasn't around or you just try to plug him into a cannon and say he just sounds like every other one this is so different in every freaking way from virtually everything else in the cannon. <laughs> 
it's just the diversity there the intellectual diversity is so broad the sociological diversity the things that are of interest and not of interest the counterculture versus what you're accepting as part of the culture i mean there's so many different things about it and people just toss it by the wayside because they want to put it into a, a box a particular box and just say it is that i don't need to read it but i really think that there's a kind of texture that people get you know when they're forced to read things like this you know whether it's in high school or whatever they can whine about it now but the reality is this gives a substrate this builds a substrate from which you can be more understanding and expressive about the world and it's something that's lost if you don't really have that substrate if you don't allow yourself to be exposed to ideas like these and different methods of communication and it's really frustrating really really frustrating so that's a that's a rant i i mean that's a rant that i just it's just struck me because i was thinking about you know books being chosen for you know book clubs and that kind of thing and so i just wanted to dump it all <laughs> i hope it's some way beneficial to somebody out there anyway back to this particular novel so i was talking about the kinds of things that it has in it uh, but it's really in the moment it's of the moment it's the momentum at the time <laughs> of the things happening it's it doesn't slow down uh, you'll have the occasional you know, okay, we're in a scene, we're back and forth a little bit with the talking, but most of the time it's just kind of in and out, it's jumping ahead, it's leapfrogging these chunks of time, and just giving you little snippets, and it doesn't have really, it doesn't have big build-ups, doesn't have big payoffs, it doesn't have big things happening in such a way that you're gonna have these crescendos and, and all this, all that sort of storytelling structure. It's just a different kind of storytelling. And like I said, it has a really unique personality in the canon. It's, it's not obsessive, it doesn't have clearly rotten thematics that you're going to be able to pull out. It doesn't have deliberate plotting. Things happen quickly and move along abruptly in time. Uh, here's, I think this was from a time review that I read that interested me. Quote, Then Sal's pals are off again by bus on foot, by thumb, roaming the continent, feeling the wind of Wyoming nights and the heat of Texas days, looking for Moriarty's never-to-be-found father or anyone's sister, always expecting the ultimate in music or love or understanding around the next bend in the road. Excitement and movement mean everything, steady jobs and homes in the suburbs, are for the squares, end quote. So it's, again, it's the motion. It's like writing motion, and it's a beautiful thing to experience. Uh, as described, I think that the original time review of this book said, quote, with his barbaric yop of a book, Kerouac commands attention as a kind of literary James Dean, end quote. I think that's pretty, pretty accurate. And you've got to think about the context of when this was written. This was published in 1957, I believe. I think he wrote it in just a couple of weeks. Like, he just spit it all out and was like, all right, done. <laughs> Which, uh, uh, which is unique in itself, but my analysis, and I don't know if it was completely unique to me or anything, but it seems like the prose is improvisational. It's got it's got a jazz inspiration. It's inspired by jazz and the way jazz is structured, and it has its own kind of music. You know, like I said, it's it's very different from most of what else comes in the canon, and it's in a context of counterculture. You know, 1957 is just on the ebb of everything that's going to come in the 60s, so it's it's really channeling that already and. And, uh, likely had a major following as a result of being just right on the cusp of that counterculture that it's not you know it's fighting that respectability you know, a lot of things that other writers did in a more subtle way when it came to Victorian standards of sensibility and all that <laughs> and being respectable I think this was also this was fighting in a new way the respectability and and feeling the disillusionment from you know failed war efforts and and all that sort of situation it was responding to that so I have some quotes, some quotes, love the quotes. Quote, what is that feeling when you're driving away 
away from people and they recede on the plane till you see their specks dispersing. It's the two huge world vaulting us, and it's goodbye. But we lean forward to the next crazy venture beneath the skies, end quote. I like the two huge world vaulting us, specks dispersing, lots of good stuff in that. Like I said, most of the prose is actually pretty, I don't want to say stayed, but it's, it's pretty just general, it's getting things along. It's just coming out as opposed to really careful and put together. It's not one of those things. It's not like Ulysses or something by Nabokov where you feel like every sentence was just labored over to make sure it's exactly right. It's not like that. <laughs> Quote, I realized these were all the snapshots which our children would look at someday with wonder, thinking our parents had lived smooth, well-ordered lives and got up in the morning to walk proudly on the sidewalks of life, never dreaming the raggedy madness and riot of our actual lives, our actual nights the hell of it, the senseless emptiness, end quote. It's quite a perspective, <laughs> quite a perspective. Quote, nothing behind me, everything ahead of me, as is ever on the road, end quote. Of course, that's, uh, you know, roll credits, so I had to put that one in there. Quote, the only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, 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 like fabulous yellow Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars, end quote. That's it, my favorite quote from literature i can't think of another quote that i would say i love more than that one it's something that just plays in my head on a regular basis it's so interesting it's so creative it's such a unique way to say the things that it's saying the ones for me are the mad ones it's it embodies the spirit of the book in such a great way it embodies just the spirit in general of of revolution of moving forward of trying to make something happen so it's a beautiful quote i absolutely love it and you know what for the first time ever i'm just gonna read it again <laughs> Because that's how much I love it. Quote, the only people for me are the mad ones. The ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, burn, burn like fabulous yellow Roman candles, exploding like spiders across the stars, end quote. So the, the original time review from... I think it was in 57 is when the review was written. It's from Lily Rothman, Kinson in Time. Uh, but that's On the Road by Jack Kerouac. I'm not sure what number that was. It will be in the you know description. It'll be in the title so you can see where we are on that. The next one coming up is, I think, I'm not sure, but I think it's the Poems of Emily Dickinson, which I'm having, I'm struggling getting through a great deal of those. Just like any poet, I mean, whether it's T.S. Eliot or Yeats or <laughs> Keats, uh, when I'm reading, or E.E. E. Cummings, uh, when I'm reading them there'll be a whole chunk of poems that I just don't like and don't care about and don't want to read and then there'll be a handful that are absolutely brilliant that are some of the most important writing in the history of the species so we'll see how that comes along otherwise Sapiens is coming up by Yuval Noah Harari I'm finishing up a book about business which is actually really good it's got some great stuff in it so that'll be coming up and I, I think I'm gonna have a couple of political topics come up as well we've got the award season coming around that I just have to I have to rant and I hope that people can get something out of it when I rant about that but that's going to be coming up soon as well otherwise I hope all is well and I'll talk to you next time okay bye (laughs) 